0: Hello and welcome to Sleep Cove, the podcast to get a great night's sleep. Please listen to this recording in a place where you can safely go to sleep. Good evening everybody, I hope everyone is enjoying December and the holiday season, and if you celebrate Christmas, I hope you are all excited and prepared for the big day. For tonight's recording, I'll read a few popular Christmas tales. I'll read The Night Before Christmas and The Fairy Christmas, among others. This episode is available ad-free on my premium feed. Please go to sleepcove.com support to get access to over 200 sleep meditations and hypnosis episodes. The details are in the show notes. Thank you. Did you know that Spotify is releasing a new feature where you can rate podcasts through the Spotify app? If you'd like Sleep Cove, i will be very much appreciated if you rate Sleep Cove five stars out of five because it means it spreads the podcast to more people. And if you use Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review there. I would be so thankful for those reviews, and I do read every single one of them. A recent review said, Amazing for students. I'm a university student, and I've loved using Sneak Cove to help with my sleep schedule. I've got exams coming up, and this podcast is exceedingly helpful in getting a good night's rest for studying. Thank you for the great podcast. Well, thank you for your great review, and all the other reviews that have been left. And let's begin the Christmas stories. T'was the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads, and Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash tore open the shutters and threw up the sash the moon on the breast of the new fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below when what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer with a little old driver so lively and quick I knew in a moment It must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his course as they came. And he whistled and shouted, and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen. On Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all as dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky, so up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with the sleigh full of toys and St Nicholas too, and then in a twinkling I heard on the roof this prancing and pawing of each little hoof, as I drew in my hand and was turning around Down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bow. He was dressed in all fur, from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler, just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry, He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose The Night After Christmas It was the night after Christmas and all through the house not a creature was stirring excepting a mouse. The stockings were flung in haste over the chair. The hopes of St. Nicholas were no longer there. The children were restlessly tossing in bed for the pie and the candy were heavy as lead. While mama in a kerchief and I in my gown had just made up our minds that we should not lie down. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang away from my chair to see what was the matter. Away to the window I went with a dash, flung open the shutter and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow the lustre of noonday to objects below, but what to my long anxious eye should appear but a horse and a sleigh, both old fashioned and queer, with a little old driver so solemn and slow, I knew at a glance it must be Dr. Bro. I drew in my head and was turning around, when upstairs came the doctor, with scarcely a sound. He wore a thick overcoat made long ago and the beard on his chin was white with the snow. He spoke a few words and went straight to his work. He felt all the pulses and then turned with a jerk, and lay his finger aside of his nose with a nod of his head to the chimney he goes. A spoonful of oil marm if you have it handy no nuts, no raisins no pies, no candy these tender young stomachs cannot well digest all the sweets that they got and toys and books are the best but I know my advice will not find many friends for the custom of Christmas the other way tends the fathers and mothers and Santa Claus too are exceedingly blind well, a good night to you and I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight. These feastings and candies make doctor's bills right. The Fairy Christmas. It was Christmas Day and Toddy and Tita were alone. Papa and Mama had gone out west to see their big boy who was ill. They had promised to be home for Christmas but a big snow had blocked the railroad track and Nurse was afraid the train would be delayed until the day after Christmas. What a dull Christmas for two little girls all alone in the great big city house, with only the servants. They felt so lonely that Nurse let them play in the big drawing room instead of the nursery. So they arranged all the chairs in a row, and pretended it was a snowed-up train. Tita was the conductor, and Toddy was the passengers. Just as they were in the midst of it, they heard music in the street, and running to the window, they saw a little boy outside, singing and beating a tambourine. Why? said Tita, his feet are all bare as he hung up his bare stockings and his shoes too, said Toddy. Let's open the window and ask him, said Tita. But the great window was too high to reach, so they took Papa's cane and pushed it tip. The little boy smiled, but they could not hear what he said, so they told him to come in and ran to open the big front door. He was a little frightened at first, but the carpet felt warm to his poor bare feet. He told them that his name was Guido and that he had come from Italy, which is a much warmer country than ours, and that he was very poor, so poor that he had no shoes and had to go singing from house to house for a few pennies to get some dinner. And he was so hungry. Poor little boy, said Tita, our mama is away and we're having a pretty sad Christmas, but we'll try and make it nice for you. So they played games and Guido sang to them, then the folding doors rolled back and there was the dining room and the table all set and Thomas the waiter was smiling, just as if it'd been a big dinner party instead of two very little girls. The nurse said, well, I never, when she saw Guido, but she felt so sorry for the lonely little girls that she let him come to the table, and such a dinner as he ate. He had never had like it before. It was a fairy tale, he said. Just as dessert came on, The door opened and in rushed Mama and Papa. The train had gotten in after all. They were so glad to see their darlings happy instead of moping that they gave them some extra kisses. You may be sure little Guido never went hungry and barefoot after that. Long afterward he would say that was a fairy Christmas. That night After Tita had said her prayers, she said, Mama, I know something, whenever you feel sad and lonely, if you will just find somebody sadder and lonelier than yourself and cheer them up, it will make you alright. And I think that was the very best kind of a Christmas lesson of love, don't you? Grandma's Christmas Gifts Grandma Burns sat knitting busily in the sun one bright morning the week before Christmas. The snow lay deep and the hard crust glistened like silver. All at once she heard little sighs of grief outside her door. When she opened it, there sat Peter and Jimmy Rice, two very poor little boys with their faces in their hands, and they were crying. My patience, cried Grandma. What could be the matter with two bright little boys this sunny morning? We don't have no good times, sighed Little Peter. We can't slide, we haven't any sleds, whimpered Jimmy. Why, of course, boys can't have a good time without sleds, said Grandma cheerily. Let us look about and see if we can't find something. And Grandma's cap border bobbed behind barrels and boxes in the shed and all among the cobwebs in the garret. But nothing could be found suitable. Hmm, I do believe this would do for Little Pete, said the dear old lady and drew a large pressed tin pan off the top shelf of the pantry. A long, smooth butter tray was found for Jimmy, and Grandma shook her cap border with laughter to see them skim over the hard crust in their queer sleds, and the boys shouted and swung their hands as they flew past the window. I do expect they'll wear them out through, murmured Grandma, But boys must slide, that's certain. And the pan was scowled as bright as a new silver dollar. And the red paint was all gone off the wooden tray when Peter and Jimmy brought their sleds back. Grandma knitted faster than ever all that day. And her face was bright with smiles. She was planning something. She went to see Job Easter that night. He promised to make two small sleds for the pair of socks she was knitting. When the sleds were finished, she dyed them red and drew a yellow horse upon each one. Grandma called them horses, but no one would have suspected it. Then the night before Christmas, she drew on her great socks over her shoes to keep them from slipping, put on her hood and cloak and dragged the little sleds over to Peter and Timmy's house. She hitched them to the door latch and went home laughing all the way. The end.